You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. to grind the hardcore podcast i'm one of three hosts my name is patrick welcome to axe to grind the hardcore podcast the see i like how bob says i'm one of three hosts my name is bob i'm tom Okay, there he is. I was hoping you were going to do it too. All right. Yeah, it took me a second. I was doing my Patrick cosplay. (laughs) Tom was just fucking with us right there. That was like, I was waiting for the follow-up. I'm with it. I'm with it. What's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, Doing good. Doing good. I I watched a a very affecting movie that we can talk about later. Okay. I had a uh, not traumatic but not great uh, experience with Indian food takeout last night not related to the food it was quite good but uh, i'll share that as well um before we get into anything let's uh let's support those who support us and uh give thanks and praise to our sponsors uh close casket activities run for cover records to live a lie records thank you all uh go to their respective websites tom there's a promo code x to grind and Patrick, what do you got to do with it? Spell it out. Get a little discount. Consider that a thank you from us to you and a great way to support us. We left out one because we're spending this month putting a little extra shine on one per episode, which is to say, Tom, who are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about our friends in Salem, Massachusetts, Deathwish Inc. Are they still in Salem? I think they're Beverly now. Beverly. Uh, you know the, what? If it's not Boston, I don't really know where anything else. Yeah, I know I, where I, Worcester I, is. I know where Boston is and Springfield. Everything uh, else is the big kind three, of they call somewhere with the big three. <laughs> hey, hey, here's a question to you, fellas. Is Boston still hella goony or can I be honest about it? Uh, you probably get your ass kicked. I think, right. you, I we'll, think we'll you'd re- be honest. We'll I think the, I, okay. Yeah. All right. Boston, <laughs> I mean, I've seen the Affleck movies. If the Affleck movies are any indication of what's still going on in, in Boston and the surrounding towns. <laughs> yeah. I would hold off. Have we been through this, that the town is so divisive for people. There's people that really want to hate on it. And I just don't understand. That's a wonderful movie. Good movie. I probably wouldn't be stoked if I was from Charlestown. You know, yeah, maybe. Because like the, the, the statistics and stuff apparently are like completely made up. Thank you, Bill yeah, Simmons, but, for pointing that out. But like, I just assume that movies are not true things. You know, like I, I'm I'm in Schenectady at the moment, and uh, I, I it's not very much like the place beyond the beyond the pines. The the movie that people only <laughs> like for the. For the image Gosling. of Ryan Gosling yeah. as a as a That's shirtless right. scummy looking dude, yeah. I mean, you like, can be that shirtless scummy looking dude. I am. I'm the Gosling of uh, 2020. Ooh, what are you doing in Schenectady? That's where he lives. That, it, so, Tom, oh. it is a matter of contention. 
because it is it, it my father refuses to accept the Schenectady uh, area code or Schenectady zip. Yeah, he refused. He refused. He yo, you are like he's doing right his own gerrymandering. He's like gerrymandering yeah, exactly. his own shit. Exactly. Okay. And uh, so here's the deal. It, it, it's either technically Albany or technically Schenectady, but it, it always defaults to the other. So, so uh, I think it's technically Albany, but it's got a Schenectady. No, it's, it's got a Schenectady mailing address, right? I, I don't remember. See, like, I like live that. in Sunnyside, but my zip code is Woodside. Right. So when it's I have the, to like, put mail, my mail says Woodside, but I live in Sunnyside. It's, it's that circumstance where it says Schenectady, but it is Albany. So your and, dad is big mad to be tethered to connect. So Schenectady is actually worse than Albany, is what you're saying? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. it's not close. Oh, yeah. It's not close. It's it's Albany, Schenectady, Troy, but it's Albany, Troy, Schenectady. Did I ever tell right. you my my Schenectady story? No, tell us more. It's about the one a month there one. No, okay, we played a show in Schenectady on the Silent Majority tour, mm. um, and no one told us that like. Every big band in Albany was playing at the QE2 that <laughs> night. So we literally had like 18 people in a VFW hall in Schenectady. Oh, yeah. So we had everyone write their names down for some fucking reason. We took attendance <laughs> and people were putting like fake names and they were all pretty good. Um, but like, no, it was literally like, oh, shit, like, like who is it? Like Stigmata, Section 8 and fucking whoever the other big um, who was the other big band from there at the time. Uh, one King Down no. with Stand. Uh, maybe with Stand. No, there was who was the play people? Maybe Skinless or something. Like, oh well, yes, yeah, this skinless. is like nineteen ninety seven. There was like nobody at our show, so there was a car outside. So we were like fucking like, and it looked like it was an abandoned car. So like we were bored. We were on tour, fucking shaking the fucking thing. People putting um, firecrackers in it. They're fucking blowing shit up. All this stuff. As we're leaving, we hear yo, what the. Fuck! And it was somebody's <laughs> car, Ooh. and they we so we all jump in the van. We go fucking peeling down wherever fucking street the vent, the VFW hall was on. We're like, all right, all right. We turn around. The motherfucker was still running after us. Yeah, he probably still is. He probably. Uh, I, he, they're like somebody from South Majority's like he's going for his belt. Like he had a gun, which uh, probably. You know, yeah, none of this would shock me. You know, uh, that rough. All right, good to know. Uh, uh, yeah. had some really rough times, man. So well, 1997 was pretty uh, pretty tough. Albany yeah. going through a rough time right now. Uh, if any of the uh, Albany uh, gangbanger community is listening to this, uh, uh, let, let, let me be a peacemaker. Uh, put put the guns down. It's uh, getting a little. I think there was like a four year old shot in the chest the other day. There's just Ugh. it's 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 an unpleasant uh, vibe at the moment. Yeah. Uh, not for me. I'm in a garage, but you know, for for people that are in harm's way. Um, so, but anyway, point is Beverly, Massachusetts. This is Beverly, uh, not Salem, Beverly, Massachusetts home. That, that should be the new comp. Um, yeah. so if you're on Schenectady, right, you're in Schenectady, mm-hmm. you're going to go West. True. Right. You're going to take I-90. Once you cross over that New York state, Massachusetts border, I-90, what's the name for I-90? Uh, uh, the Mass Pike. Mass Pike. Wow, it's not even close to the fucking. He put there. a little. He put a little curveball on. I appreciate. He that. did. He did. Uh, so um, yeah, we are show, showing love to Deathwish while also talking about Schenectady. But yeah, sorry. If Deathwish was one of the uh, the gems in the crown jewel of the Empire State, it would certainly be Albany. Um, it's not a Schenectady. It's a Troy. It's a top tier label. Who 
um, one of the things I want to give them a big props for is the way they've maintained and established these long-term relationships. And, and you might go, Bob, what the hell are you talking about? And what I would say is one of the things that you can order from them right now is the new Touche Amore record that they aren't releasing. But because they've maintained a relationship with Touche, they've been close with yep. them, they've stayed good, they're like, oh, let's do an exclusive. If you were late on the Gulch order, which means you weren't up at midnight to order it, <laughs> Deathwish was the last place you could have gotten a copy of the first press. Why? Yep. They got a great relationship with our buddies at Closed Casket. If, if you've never checked out the stores for the labels they distribute, you're missing out because they've got... <laughs> unique stores for a lot of these labels some of them exclusive you know um if you're trying to order something from painkiller records or radio raheem or react or 15 other labels you're going to deathwishinc.com and making those orders so i I think that's one of the most like admirable and like cool things you can see Um, i'm pretty sure they did uh uh an exclusive color on that self-defense record is that correct patrick uh, I honestly don't recall because I don't manage my own business very well. That's right. That's right. But I think they did. So <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> and apparently it sold out. So that's good too. Does Patty know that? Not, a, not at all. Not Death Wish exclusive all. half white half bone. Yep. So so that stuff is really cool. Um, Death Wish is one of the earliest supporters of this podcast. Um, yeah. What do you guys got to say? I mean, they're a label, like I said before, like very early on, that I wish I was on. Yeah, um, I praise. Just like looking, yeah, looking through the, like the discography and stuff. Like, I didn't realize like some of that early stuff. Like, I didn't really you know like like that Jesus Eater Jesus Eater record is the fifth release. Yeah, it's know? a wild one. Or like, like the Promise, like My True Love, like the seven inch. That's number seven. Most underrated hardcore record ever. That record, that seven inch is fucking fantastic. Bangs. Album uh, is good. No, we've been we've been over this. It's bad. Go on. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's definitely good. I'd but like our listeners. I'd like our listeners to listen to listen to it. Not go on your emotions from seventy five years ago. Everybody, listen to it and tell me that it's not a stepped on comeback kit. It's definitely not. Busky is going to beat the shit out of you, and I, I look forward to it. You know um, what? I, I, I just thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so enjoy that. I really like the record. Um, but the, I think that's evidence. Those two songs. I remember like when that first – what were they called at first? They were, oh, they were uh, called My True Love. My True Love, yeah. Fucking when that demo came out at one of the Hellfests. Um, but the one I'm going for to, to discuss today mm. – um, which is Deathwish 45 was the studio album named Witness by Modern Life is War. Mm. This was legit. This just came out in 2005. This is one of my by far one of my favorite records of that time period. Um I think this was like the zenith of this of the band and of the sound that they kind of brought about cuz I feel like we talked about that a lot like I feel like them, uh, you know, and to, and and suicide file kind of created a new, not a new necessarily, but like a new lane of that type of hardcore that I mm-hmm. think didn't really exist before. Um, I think this record, like seeing this band around this time, some of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, 
I always talk about we saw them at um, they played a show at 538 Johnson in -hmm. like the biggest room they had, (laughs) Um, which I mean, still probably 300 people. But like it was packed to the gills, literally one of the best shows I've ever like still to this day I've ever seen. Um, But I think this was great. Like and it's you know, I always called it I always screw it up and call it Marshalltown because it's all about like kind of Marshalltown, Iowa, which I had never heard of before this band. Um, but I think it's just like a, such a great record. The lyrics are great. Um, an all time great, um, opening song. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Jeff writes a lot of great lyrics. I think the, the music is, and I, I, I think that it, they kind of created their own lane because it was so sort of, it was palatable. It was very like melodic. It wasn't too fast for people that were like, what the fuck is going on? And like, I think bands like, you know, like Defeater and stuff like that, that came out of this. And even like to a point, like I think Touche or or a lot of Spute, like I think a lot of those bands owe, you know, some kind of debt to to what they what Modern Life is War did on this record. At yeah, least, I agree. So. In yeah. my humble opinion. Um, I mean, not that they were ripoffs or anything, but I think I definitely think this kind of carved out this like sort of. Um, you know, just this type of music. It's it's it was like I know uh, it, it, what's what's the guy what's the term you guys always use? Um, amazing core. Oh yeah, yeah it's this, amazing core. This is on is the it? epic end of amazing core. Yeah, no, it, I don't know. It if it's no, it, it it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but that's like that's using a derogatory, and I don't think that's kind to do to modern. You know what sports. though? No, no, no. Hold on, people let's have, jump out on have that. Taken it. Yeah, let's jump out on that. That's been reappropriated because uh, in the same way Metalcore uh, was totally uh, like a a whack label back in the day. Uh, Now there's kids that don't even identify as hardcore. They just see themselves as Metalcore kids. I think there's a separate lane of that. Yeah, sure. And uh, Amazing Core, I think uh, a thing meant to shit on people uh, has – listen, that stuff all had enough fans that – it had you're, more fans you're, than the people who made fun of it. That's yes, why. That's it, why exactly we, right. Because it's exactly right. This is amazing. Yes. So. And, and the thing is that when you step in the way of these, like, it's interesting. Whenever you try to step in the way of something and say this shit is lame, you, you are gambling with the future <laughs> because <laughs> there's an excellent chance that you are going to be remembered as the archaic fuck. Who, who was, who, I mean, there's certain things that like, listen, dubstep, like big room dubstep was, do you guys remember when it was like in a, uh, unavoidable and it was just the thing and blah, blah. And then Skrillex, I get it. Right. And then it just sort of went away unless you're like a really big fan of that. And it, it, so people that were hating on dubstep just happened to be right that time. But in a different reality, we we're, we're doing a dubstep podcast because it's just the thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's huh. just, you, 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 there's, there's time streams. There's Doctor Doom. There's Kang. There's it, 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 there's all sorts of shit that you gotta. It's a new you gotta, reality. You can't account for. You must account for the multiversity. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Did you just but, make that up? Multiversity? No, no. So Pat, what do you know about Peter Milligan? A lot about Peter Milligan. <laughs> One of the greats. Yeah. All right. Well, he so he has an, a graphic novel named Skin. Mm-hmm. Did you know Modern Life Is War has a song about the main character? No, no. Mar- Martin Atchison is like the uh, main character in Skin. Yeah, that that is uh, the skinhead that is also a th- uh, uh, it, everybody. This is I'm sure this is insensitive in tw- in 2020. I'm sure it's insensitive. This they used to be called 
there was a worse word, a much worse, a much worse term, but thalidomide babies. Um, And I believe in uh, that the character in that book is a skinhead who is also a thalidomide baby. Yes, that's correct. And they have a song called Martin Natchett, and that's what it's about. So I figured I'd tie it into, you know, what you like. Bring it in. Bring it all together. PK, what what kind Uh, of nice things can you say about Death Wish? Uh, I can say that their selection of long sleeves is very extensive, as I went and looked today. And if you want to be ready for the fall, you need go nowhere else. They've got like Armageddon Shop is selling like six different siege long sleeves. You know, I mean, you're good, <laughs> whatever you need. And if I could recommend, it's either Nick or Nikki Pile. Uh, oh, those prints are great. Though, so they sell the gleezy, gleezily, glee prints. G Clay. Yeah, there we go. G Clay. But, but job, the long sleeve shirts are dope as shit. Oh. So, uh, anybody, I almost bought one today and then couldn't remember the promo code, which is what? Axe to grind. grind. Oh, I'm, I, 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 what was I supposed to do with it? Spell it out. Ah, I love the charge on that you one. Got it. Wow, uh, you, Pat. That was pretty oh, good. And, and uh, as I'm sitting here, someone just bought the self defense family Garfield me black long sleeve, which oh, I that was me. <laughs> yeah, good for you. There, would you did you get the last medium? Where, are you up to a large yet or what? Because you're tall. I'm, I'm dead set. Like I am. It's gonna look problem. like a rash guard on Pat. I, I'm a problem shirt guy now, and I never thought I would be, but I'm a problem shirt guy where. Uh, uh, I, I medium is just slightly too small. Oh, so you're a Marge. Yeah. No, no. Sucks. Well, welcome to my world. I was a, uh, l- l- large extra for a long time. Mm. And, uh, then you just size up to the X and you feel real good about it. Um, so yo, big shout out to death Wish, huge supporters. Let's get into the normal nonsense that we're going to get into. Um, Yo, can I tell you guys my story about the Indian food real quick? Yes, please. Yes. So in my area, there is one Indian food restaurant that is 15-minute drive from me. Uh, it's good, but they don't, they don't have a lot of the stuff I like on the menu. They'll make me buy Gambarta, but I have to ask. They don't do right. doses. So, yeah, right. So... There's a, another Indian food place, 30-minute drive from me. So I'm like, ah, yeah, exactly. It's, Tom, you know where it is? It's, uh, it's like five or ten minutes past the Wegmans on 35. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. That ain't close far. to me. That's far. But I'm like, yo, I'm if dying for it. Yeah, I'm dying for it. I want to try it. Place my order. Um, I got Bagambarta. We got Alu Gobi. Got some naan. Skip Papadom this time. Got Amanda uh, Masala Dosa. That's her favorite. Cool. Got the mango chutney. Let's do this. Go. 30-minute drive. Get there. They're like, oh, even though it said we were done, it's going to be another 20 minutes. Okay. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer, but it is what it is. Uh, if the food is good, I'm, I'm, I don't care at all. Get the food kind of do a light check just it looks like everything's there good 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 drive home 30 minutes you know get home all the food's there oh okay amanda opens the masala dosa masala dosa tom if you don't know it's like a giant rolled up pancake 
Imagine oh, yeah, yeah. a 12-inch pancake flipped over, you know, and then filled. So it's supposed to have like potatoes, onions, etc., that kind of stuff. Maybe just those things. The the bread is empty. There's nothing in the dosa. Oh no. Whack. That's not a drive 30 minutes offense. No, no, it's not. Um, you're just using it to dip from there out. It was dip. It worked out well as a dipper, but it was it was disappointing. So so it was about the worst offense it could have been. Now the food was good. I called and they're like, "Yeah, you know, sorry, we can we can hit you with something when you come back." And I'm like, "Man, I don't know I if I'm going to come year, back." Buddy. Yeah, but it was good. So we'll say we'll say. I doubt I'll, I'll catch in the free dosa, but. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like people put you in a weird position because now if it's going to be like three months until you go back, you're going to feel like a total herb going. I'm not going like, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to. Empty dosa. Yeah. Remember me? Empty dosa. Uh, early. I mean, early swank could go there. You could just swank right. play you. Yeah. I should, I should just give it off as a freebie to someone and be like, yo, no, no, no. no that's right. We look the same. So, um, <laughs> yo, so here's my question for both of you. What do you do in that situation? Do you even make the call? I made the call. No. You don't make the call. No, I just like that yeah. ah, sucks, and then just fucking forget about it. Yeah, I stomp around like a toddler. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe punch a hole in the wall. What I was hoping for was that I was going to get a oh yo, we'll just the whole thing will be free for you. That's fine because it was it was not cheap. Like that was like fifty something bucks. Um, so I was like, maybe they'll just comp me. That's cool. And then because then they'd have my heart. Then I'm going back this week and double uh, down. But, now all right. Do they not deliver? Like, do you get? Do they not do delivery? Could it on Grubhub? But that's a long delivery too. I trusted gotcha. myself. I trusted myself no, no, with it. You know. Well, because my thought is like, I, I this is not me because I don't I, I don't have it in me. Mm-hmm. But like, have you ever known people to be like, the fuck they forgot the ketchup and make and call and make them come back? Oh, see, so yeah, no, I can't. I, like, I, like I, I've I known people do who it. do that. That's that's the line. Like, I called. They're like, oh yeah, sorry. And I'm like, oh no big deal. And they're like, oh we could. I was like, you know, I don't know, is there anything you could do? And they're like, not really. We could give you a free one next time we come. I'm like, all right, no big deal. Thanks, you know, appreciate it. Oh, so didn't even take it off the off the. No, didn't take it off the bill, which is all right. It's 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 you know, like it's it's all good, but it was like, damn, like, because I didn't want to be on that. I, who wants to be the bad customer? You know, but no, um, you want to throw their name out here and just no, no, no. The food was good, <laughs> so so people should support it because the other side of it, Tandoor India is the name of the place. Food was really good, and I hope people support it. It is in a strip. I don't know how much you guys have gotten out into suburbia anywhere. It's in a strip mall that used to be kind of one of those marginal strip malls, kind of strip mall that it's like, yeah, you know, in good years, nine to ten, nine out of ten stores, uh, like spaces are filled. Bad years, six out of ten. Oh yeah, yo, they're on a two out of ten right now. God, like damn. it's looking grim out there. So. Uh, so yeah, you know, support support the local businesses when you can that that do good food. And this place certainly did good food. I'm not going to hold the feet to the fire for for missing up my masala dough. So you can tell them I sent you next time you go in there. Anybody who hears this, whoever gets to go first, say you you're looking for your free masala dough. <laughs> oh yeah. shit! Yeah, yeah, do that. Anybody, first, first to claim, let me know. I'll get you. I'll get you hooked up. Um, PK, you had a story for us. No, I just saw a movie that I recommend to everybody, so I'll just get it off now. Um, there's a, a, a people are very forgiving of uh, 
what they call activist journalists or ide- uh, ideologically motivated journalists if they're on your side. And I think that everybody should watch the film Mr. Jones. Uh, it came out last year, I guess, on the film uh, uh like the festival circuit and uh, is now VOD. Uh, It is firstly an excellent film, but it also like it under, it underlines and and makes in no uncertain terms why uh, this old style of, of journalism that, that never really existed, but for people, I would say 30 or older was the model. Mm-hmm. which was that you're supposed to tell the truth. Now it, it, it was never, that was never the norm necessarily, but th- that was the idea. Sure. And uh, it really hammers home why that, why that is a, a, a value <laughs> and, and it does. So it, it's definitely a, a didactic film. It's trying to teach you something, but if I can sit through something that's trying to teach me something, then anyone can, because I have no patience for that whatsoever. So, uh, but it's, it's about the, uh, uh, do you guys know who it's not about Walter uh, Durante, but do you guys know who that is? No, I don't believe so. Oh, wait, this dude, um, he interviewed, uh, he's like a world war two guy. Uh, so, Durante was uh, famously a Pulitzer Prize winner for the New York Times, and he is now their their shame because he covered up in no uncertain terms. Basically, every historian agrees that he covered it up, but nobody can agree on why. Right. Um, That he covered up the – it's a word I never have to say. Uh, Halam – Halam – Demore, Halad Demore, uh, w- which is the uh, the famine in the Ukraine, Belarusia, and et cetera, uh, it, it, where they think 15 to 30 million people uh, were starved to death. Uh, so Durante covered it up. And this other guy that is the focus of the film, Gareth Jones, uh, did not cover it up. Oh. And, and uh, it, it's, uh, it condenses a lot. I went and read the actual thing, but it, so it condenses two trips basically. But uh, it, 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 there's this, okay. So the starvation in the Ukraine was so severe that cannibalism was not abnormal. And, uh, that's horrific enough as it is. But imagine if the, if you had only heard whispers that things were bad, that you didn't know the, the extent of going to a place that is starving yeah, and how you, and how your money is now worthless because if there's no product to buy your, there's no purpose for money. So I just, it, to me, it was almost like a terrifying idea of going someplace where food is totally scarce and you have nothing to offer to get food. So there's a point to the movie and the point is well-made, but there's this, there's this weird horror for me at this idea of arriving someplace and not, it's not like you don't got Wi-Fi. It's you don't got food, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah, and, and so uh, I thought the movie was super well done, and unlike most movies that I like, definitely had a point, and mm-hmm. the point was well made. So everybody, check out uh, Mr. Jones. Uh, rent it on iTunes. Cool. Yo, Pat will send you the, a code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, try the extra grind code. Yeah, see how it works. Uh, Why not? We're expanding. What um. What else is going on, guys? We got a we got a topic this episode, but we want to do some quick hits. It's probably been about a year since I said quick hits, so why not? 
Uh, what do we so, about, uh, the chili cheese dog controversy? Ooh. First Man. thing, first thing, before we get into that. Yes. Do either of you like chili cheese dogs? I've never had one. Like a vegan. I'm talking to like a vegan veg version. Like a, I've never yeah, had one. I'd, I'd straight up rather eat it than, than almost anything. I was going to say, that sounds like your kind of food, PK. Stra- straight up. I will make my bands drive an hour out of the way to get a to get even a IKEA veggie dog. I love a veggie dog. Oh, I fuck with veggie dogs, but I didn't realize that I never had a chili chili cheese. cheese oh yeah. So I don't like hot dogs at all. But chili cheese plus said thing, like it's almost enough to get me to eat a eat a dog. I don't like veggie dogs either. It's just I don't like them. But like to do that on a sausage, I'd do that in a heartbeat. So so if you you gotta try that if you're a fan of the dog. Uh, here's an interesting, uh, segue for dogs. I listened to a radio broadcast from, uh, the week that Michael Vick went to, uh, Philadelphia. Oh, wow. How was that? Uh, People got strong feelings. Um, and I like the sociopaths that called in that would say things like, I mean, who even really cares about dogs? You know, have you seen it? <laughs> what were you listening to, like Mike Missinelli or something? People are saying shit like, in other countries they they eat dogs. What's it matter? And it's like, well, I I don't I don't know if you're really selling the position, you know. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, and then the other perspective was, it's Philadelphia. Those people are scumbags. Who cares? Which I thought was another fun perspective. Yeah, <laughs> was, with that perspective, yeah. Radio radio was a different time. Yo, all right. Let's get back to the 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 because we're gonna go on a real deep dive if we start talking about sports radio. By the way, the hurricane just hit here. It's coming. It is coming. This tropical storm is no joke. I'm supposed to be in the city tomorrow. How bad's it gonna be? Real um, bad. Pretty bad. Real bad. Fuck. Dude. Yeah. Like Fuck. like uh, I got like uh, emergency management issues. Uh, emer- New York City emergency management issues travel advisory Tuesday morning through Tuesday night from. The New York City Department of Health for work right now. Yeah, it's terrible. Flash right flood watch, wind advisory, sustained winds forty to fifty miles an hour, gusts up to sixty. So yeah, the name work. of that this one, Isaias, I believe is how they're saying it, has regained hurricane status. Oops. Oh, sick. <laughs> yeah. And it's just hitting the Carolinas now. So the 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 nib of the storm is hitting us now. So that's something. Um, with, with the rope dope uh, acted weak, but came back with the fury. Boom. Mike Tyson. Um, yo. All right. So tell us about, tell us about the chili cheese dog. Why are we talking about chili cheese dogs? So apparently, apparently there, um, this venue out on Long Island, which will go unnamed because, you know, no need to put them on blast mm. that has hardcore shows. Usually of the heavier, Beatdown variety, yeah. Um, had a hardcore show over the weekend. Um, you were masks were, um, you you were mandated to have, have a, mask a mask with you. You weren't mandated to wear said mask, but as long as you had <laughs> it on your person. But if you were to stay inside, you had to buy a chili cheese dog. You right. know what? <laughs> I I was waiting. I couldn't wait for the. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. Well, I mean, uh, maybe they're trying to like follow Cuomo's like you can buy a, you can you can stay if you buy a drink and food kind of deal. <laughs> um, but the issue was so like of course this is dumb, 
because like we we after all this time, five months or so, we still don't know what the fuck is going on. So like having a show right now, probably not the smartest idea. No. But so some dude not from Long Island, hardcore Jason, I from what I can tell, mm-hmm. like started like was like this is ridiculous. You're putting people at risk and like started like sending out the um like a link to where you can make complaints to Cuomo's office to try to get the venue <laughs> shut down. Oh, so this guy's this guy's the police is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of the I mean, people that I know from Long Island that book shows and stuff that are like, yo, fuck this dude. Like, yeah. you've begged me to play with counterparts and now you're like fucking, you know, now you're trying to be, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's like you, but then metal injection or whatever bullshit fucking website, like picked it up and because they're bored. So they do like these TMZ things. And now it's like a fucking article on like a, you know, a website that gets some hits and like names the venue shows a video. It's like, you know, like there's not a ton of fucking places that'll let hardcore shows go down. Yeah. Of all, you know what I mean? Like you, we, you could fucking give them the fucking what for all you want. You know what I mean? Like if if anybody did a show somewhere that we we're like, well, that was stupid, but I wouldn't be like, and here is the cross section, like uh, the cross streets of where it happened. Like, okay, <laughs> you may not agree that it should have happened, but we're sure. not going to be like, you know, here are the coordinates, 41 point S, you know, like, um, but yeah, so that was like a big thing. So people were like, yeah, yo, 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 I get it. It was dumb, but like, do not kind of you know, play cop on your own kind of, you know, what's so, so I'm not going to justify that shit at all. Uh, I got very little, very little patience for, for that type of snitching, but uh, it's kind of emblematic of, uh, of uh, this moment, right? Like where people are so, people are so freaked out that, that there's individuals potentially risking the herd that, or at least that's how they see it, that they feel justified going to whatever measures, you, you know? And, and uh, that is, that's, you got to really believe it because otherwise you're acting very, very wrong. But this dude lives like nowhere near the venue. And- uh, yeah, but Tom, it, 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 this is like, I've said this a million times, this whole shit has made me, uh, I'm going to get murdered. Hmm. It's made me very sympathetic to anti-vaxxers. Because Whoa, it is, and good night. <laughs> because that's talking bullshit again. Because people who people who take it upon themselves to be the 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 the, the protectors of the community uh, come out and bang on you because you are a target nobody will defend. And, and I don't. And like we can talk about like I think. Everybody on this podcast would agree that vaccinations are good, <laughs> but, yes. but, but but what I will say is that when you put the essentially put the green light on a way of thinking, what you do is you don't bring out the righteous people to go confront those people. You bring out people that are looking for a reason, and there's people online who who I would not be convinced that they give a living fuck about anything about anything but they will take their day to attack some like anti-vaccine mom in in, in uh uh you know orange county or whatever or in malibu and it's like we so like 
like, you know, Tom, you might be sympathetic to that because you believe that she's wrong, but it's hard for me to be sympathetic because I believe she's wrong, but I don't trust the, the motivation or, or righteousness of the person that is devoting their day to attacking her. And in, in this, in this case, we see the same thing where we're all looking at the guy that called for no, for, you know, for lack of a better term, he called the cops and going, why do you care so much? Yeah. Well, that's you know? yeah we're right. And, and and that's that's kind of like my that's the same that's energy with anti-vaxxers, right? Yeah, it's it's my way of coming out as an anti-vaxxer. Well, so so I, just, so, I mean, you know, do this to tie this together, to me, what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you don't particularly care um, if someone's an anti-vaxxer. You might think they're wrong and stupid, and like, hey, you, you might be actually putting other people in harm by being an idiot. I think provably. Yeah, actually. right, 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 right. But but you're also not really looking to spend your time to uh, hold their feet to the flame. Is that right? Well, uh, here's what I would say, is that if I found myself doing that, I would immediately second-guess my motivation and say, oh, do I care about this a lot, or am I not doing well in my life? Do you know what I'm saying? And no, maybe I mean, because well, that's the, my, my energy on this. And I'm somebody, yo, like, I know anti-vaxxer parents. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, you know, but yo, you know what? Uh, they don't, it's never come up. <laughs> we haven't talked about it. And I would be very happy to talk with them about that if they wanted. But, but they've been pretty pleasant. And they didn't, they aren't wearing a shirt about it. And they aren't throwing a billboard in my face. Um, and I'm sure there's many people who do. And it's the people who are throwing the billboard in your face that I got a problem with because I kind of have a problem with that about almost anything. At the same time, my adult solution is to say, shut off the billboard and get away from it because who cares? Bob, would you like to hear a story about a mutual friend of ours from the other day that uh, – went to an anti-vaxxer rally and got beat up. <laughs> got beat up. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So a friend a, a mutual friend of ours. Yes. Uh, his brother is a legitimate hardcore anti-vaxxer. And our friend went to a rally uh with his brother just to take photos. Sounds uh, sounds he, about right. And uh there was also uh, this was at the Capitol, I want to say, I think. Uh, there was a number of rallies taking place. Uh, and somehow, uh, this hockey player yeah. saw, a, saw a scuffle and grabbed somebody, somebody by their neck in an effort to calm them down. That person's partner ran up on this friend of ours <laughs> and pepper, pepper sprayed them in the face. Wow. So... so, so uh, which he reports is an unpleasant experience. And then uh, fast forward a half hour later, our friend finds that person uh, while they're giving an interview, <laughs> grabs, them by, <laughs> grabs them by their neck and makes them apologize on camera. That's so good. Uh, and what is funny about this is that he then launched into a, a verbal argument yelling match with one of the – uh, Tom, what do they call the lawyers that are attending a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests? What, uh, what is it? legal? Um, not advisors, but like um, fuck, I can't think of it. 
I know exactly what you mean. It's like they're like um, they're almost like legal witnesses. Yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So and then these two people, one of whom is one of my good friends, I I regret to say, started calling each other. uh, Uh Oh, Gerondians, Gerondins, Gerondins, okay. who uh, are the guys that the Jacobins cut their heads off during the French Revolution. And here's the thing that struck me. No matter what your politics are at this juncture in American history, we got to purge the nerdery. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason that we should be calling each other Gerodians or whatever, whatever the fuck this is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this is, I was like, yo, I think I reached my limit on uh, my friend. You know what I mean? I was like, no, no, no. You can't be, you can't be in a shouting match yeah, with somebody you, calling them yeah, don't shit that. from, from the French Revolution. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 this is just like, this reflects poorly on everybody. I don't give a shit. I had so, a friend that's, that did something similar. She got in an argument with, I mean, it wasn't like, she wasn't in any danger, but like she got an argument with another friend of mine outside a show, mm-hmm. and she literally was like, "Don't speak to me using that nomenclature." Ooh, okay, all right, yeah, I, like I love that. I go, "Yo, really?" <laughs> and she goes, "I'm sorry, Tom. I'm educated." <laughs> so I was like, "Yo, what's that like?" <laughs> because she didn't even have her master's yet, but she who says nomenclature? Uh. I would probably say it, but I expect to get clowned upon. Not if you were in like an argument. Someone was like, yo, you know, whatever, whatever. And you're like, don't speak to me using that nomenclature. Oh, no. I, I, I've i said that when it comes time for the yelling match, it's like the the, the worst things are coming out. Nothing, nothing. It's no only syllables, man. man. It ain't. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, speak to me using that nomenclature. So, yeah. So how um, do we get there? Um, we were talking about. Oh, the okay. Yo, let's. Let, so, so I guess it's the real question here. And I'll ask you both. Should people be having hardcore shows right now? Yes or no? No. Yeah. So, so I'm the guy that'll defend every bad idea. And I think it's just a, 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 a no. Right. Should should this venue be requiring people to buy chili cheese dogs? Yes or no? I, if they were tofu dogs, I'd say a strong yes. I mean, if it's part of the like legality of it, sure. I'm with it. I don't, I, I have, yeah, sell them chili cheese dogs. Uh, should people, you know what be- that venue must have smelled like oh. three, three hours oh. after fucking uh, butt toots out the wazoo. Oh God. Awful. L- l- listen, uh, Denmark just uh, uh, declined to issue a mask order citing that there is no evidence that they do anything. Uh, but what's interesting about that is, so like, let's say that the, let's say that the people that were attending the, the show believe that evidence. Uh, they also weren't adhering to the reason that Denmark said that Denmark said that masks may, th- that there's no evidence that they do anything and that there's, there's at least speculation that they have a counterintuitive negative effect because when people wear masks, they ignore social distancing, which is the actual helpful mechanism in fighting this particular virus. So the the people at that show were neither doing the masks, which may or may not may or may not be helpful, but they were not social distancing, which is the thing that every scientist agrees is helpful. So I think this may, to have like a hardcore show with social with social distancing. There's no way if it's worth it to yeah. have that. You know what I mean? Like even watching like 
you know, I've been watching a bunch of the NBA, like in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Like these motherfuckers are like living together, not going anywhere except for Lou Williams. Shout out to Lou Williams. Um, Magic City. going against the grain. Um, but you know, like, and they're getting tested constantly and blah blah. blah. Like yep. going to see fucking beat beat down band number four. There's no like fucking thermo- thermo- like thermometer at the front door. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. yeah, but. So, so listen, this is not me justifying their behavior, although, you know, I can say it's not good to have a hardcore show. I'd probably play one, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not justifying their behavior. I'm just saying that you sit in the green room the whole time. Of course you fucking don't give a shit. It's a fact. So, so I think that, look, I don't want to be like the guy that is giving our listeners bad ideas. I think there's no walking this back now. I, I think that people are spent and people are not adhering to these rules anymore. And like, I'm not just so you understand coming back, buddy. What's that? Your job ain't coming back. No, my job is fucking uh, when when idiots do the 25 people at a fucking beatdown show that affects the people that who's actually making their livelihoods off of this, because this is the shit that happens. If everyone would just fucking stop being like assholes and being fucking, you know, just worried about themselves and just like. Just like legitimately just shut it down as much as you can. It will See, go away. It's happened everywhere else. No, no, no. But it, but it, it hasn't though. Like it, it, it's uh, the best example is Australia, which is panicking right now yeah. because Melbourne. It, it, because they, they had stepped right on it. Like it, they did everything that a country could. Uh, they basically made themselves the Island that they are. And now, so Tom, here's the, here's the question. Like you and I have argued about this shit from the beginning, but he, but here's the question now: is is it too late to do the things that might have helped when they would have helped? Yes. Yeah. It yeah. Feels I mean, like if, if we could have just been like, yo, everyone gets fucking twelve hundred dollars every two weeks, and everyone just stay home for a month or two, pay your rent, and just fucking order in or do whatever you got to do, and yeah, we definitely if there would have been some kind of setup like that. It would have been done already, right? But but now, but I mean, but I I subscribe to the idea that this thing is is going to pop up intermittently until there is herd immunity, whether that's through a vaccine or whether that's through exposure. But the the it, there's I think that there's no chance to contain it now, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that that is kind of the creeping consensus among uh, among policymakers, you know. And, and and I'm really curious. Buckle yeah, buckle up. I'm really buckle curious. Yeah. I, I'm curious how this gets addressed moving forward because um, the, sort of the defeatist view that I've taken since day one and like we could argue that I probably was not justified, that there was probably something to do back then. I think that maybe I'm right now just by by maintaining Holding the same it? defeatist Yeah, yeah. no. I mean, yo, we're not we're not out of this until 2022 yeah at at earliest at earliest Um, like like everyone's just gotta step back and accept that and realize like there's no touring this year there's no this show to circle it back this chili cheese dog show this is what shows are now they're gonna be weird gatherings that are done sort of clandestine you you choose to do it or not. You risk your health. You risk your health, the health of the others around you, because nobody's going to do that. And like Tom said, the longer we do this kind of shit, 
yo, like, and, and here's the thing for me, call me fatalist. I know people can't help themselves. And there's a part of me that, that that's says, yo, what's that? That's, that's yeah. how I feel. I, I, I feel like we, we're not accounting for human nature. No, so exactly. So, so here's the part, because I had this long conversation with my mother who, who, to be honest, like she's had a hard time with this because she's like a touch of a germaphobe. And she's all the way out on the end of like, I, I ain't going anywhere. You know what I mean? And that's not good for people. So I've mm. tried to have this gentle conversation where it's like, look, I'm not mad. I, I live at the shore. People are coming here. I am sad. But I also understand like there's some people are being high risk. You know, them maybe I'm mad at. I don't know. I don't know if I have the energy for it. But the people who are yeah, yeah. doing things like, like, you know, like you look at it and you go, okay, what would I rather do? I'm stuck in North Jersey, one of the worst places on earth. Do I shoot myself in the head or do I go down to the shore and like hang out on the beach for a few hours? You know, like, yeah. like that's, that's where I'm at with a lot of it. That said, just what Tom said, the longer we don't take it on a real stringent level, the longer this is going to be. And that's why I'm like, yo, this could be 2022, could be 2023. People who hear in these reports about Starbucks getting, getting a profit, uh, not expecting their profits to return to normal to, by 2024. Well, if we we're going to have, if things were going to get back to normal this fall, Starbucks profits would be back to normal by next year. So just right. they do- say to like look at like the the tech companies and stuff. Yes, because like the Googles and the Amazons of the world kind of know what the fuck is happening more than fucking sh- like schmucks like us. Yeah, and like some places are like, oh yeah, like my brother in law told like was told like don't you, don't be expected back in the office for until next year at some point. Or you know what I mean? Like the company so like, my significant other works for is likely not going to have an office. They're just they, they're just they're done. They're they're in Midtown and they're the the company's still doing well, really well. But right, they're but like, oh, we just don't need to be there. we don't need this office. Peace. And and you know Google announced not till spring 2021 at earliest for right. for employees to come in office. Yo, uh, long view here, everybody. I get. The desire to go to a show. I think a lot of people are feeling it. We know, yo, this is coming out the week that, that this is hardcore supposed to happen. Was was supposed to happen. Who knows what's going on with it? I, I, you know, not paying that close of an attention. Go into it. It's just not. It's not like I get the desire everyone has. I get the desire people have to put on shows because it's a major part of your life. But right but now. Normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like back normal. It's a shape of it, it. and it's your own personal, right? But um, I don't know. I I, I encourage people to to look into what what they can do alternatively. So the people who feel that burning desire to go to the show, find some new interests, etc. To the people who are really, really mad and calling the police on these people, Find some new interest and figure out what's going on with you, because that's that's a different type of human nature. That that like the desire, the human nature of wanting to go to a show. Yo, shows are fun; they can be cool. The desire to tattle <laughs> or hit people on on the internet ever, with yo, yeah, sweet. yeah. When we see in people throw ads out, and it's like you're adding people like some sort of weirdo, like. Hey, I hate this thing. What are you doing about it? It's like, what are we doing here? Let's let's be better and find a better way, a more a more 
mature mentality. Yeah, but, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but it's like it's a bit like talking to a religious person that believes that they're saving you from hell. That's right. You know, like yeah. it's a you you can't reason with that person because in their own mind they're doing the best possible thing that they could ever do, and, and uh, that's why I'm sure that like I like. That's why if I ever come off like a dick, like a weirdo defending anti-vaxxers and defending like a lot of difficult personalities, it's just because it's not because I like like these sentiments. It's because I don't like the sentiment of uh, of inquisition. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. like, I never think it comes from a good place ever. No, I, so, I think that's where where it's I, it's important for people to try to step back and, and think like, yo, the thing I don't believe I don't I think anti-vax mentality, the spread of that, not great. I think a lot of these things, but but I, I believe in kind of a radical individuality where I want people to be able to think things without being told they can't. Yeah. Um, so, so the other side of all this is, uh, yeah, just, just try to be, be smart, you know, like I, it's not, it's not easy, but it's, you know, like, yo, I have no desire to go do things like go to a show right now. Uh, you know, like I, I love music, I've enjoyed music more recently than I had for a while. Maybe there's some yearning there or longing for it, but I found it. And I think there's some people doing creative shit out there right now too, even in the midst of this nonsense, you know? So Bob, yes, you Fleetwood Mac playing, uh, right next to the, the, the landing at the stone pony doing rumors front to back full lineup. If yeah. that's, I don't know if that's, if it's playing the basement of Dondo's Chili Dogs, <laughs> and it's down the street. They're playing Pasquals. Um, and do you go? They're playing fucking Pete and Elvis. No, nah, probably not. I mean, right? No, as yeah, much. Yeah, like no, them. as much as I like them. Pearl Jam could say, "Yo, if Pearl Jam wants to come play my backyard, you'd watch from inside." No, I might watch from my deck. I'm not. I'm not stage diving though. Like, and I'm telling. I'm inviting five friends over, and we can have Yo. eight feet apart. You know. Listen. My, my brother just went to, my brother just went to a bachelor party. He, on return, his wife made him disrobe in the garage, uh, go like throw his clothes clothes into a bag, go immediately to the shower, and has to sleep on the couch and is not allowed to interact with he gets her that or, test. Their, or their daughter until he gets that test. Yep, yep. Um, right, yo, where's, where's the wrong? <laughs> yo and that's right like so, yo yo they that's that's like you could have said that or you could have said yeah then she made him disrobe and they had some crazy sex on the floor right outside cool fantastic like what goes on in that house i'm, I'm with do do your thing either I, way I won't, I won't be calling uh governor cuomo regardless right exactly and and that's the thing i think we're here to encourage we're not here to be police i want to i want to shout out a wise man brandon martinez from from brick new jersey who said who grew up, who when they were a kid was like, man, I like rules so much. When I grow up, I want to enforce them. And I ask <laughs> everyone to think about that when they are trying to come down on someone in a way that isn't like a, uh, hey, you sure about that for your own health kind of way? Like that is more of a, you're bad and I'm telling everybody. Not great. You're not punk, and I'm telling everyone. There you go. Um, so, yeah. let, let's you, you let's guys want to get to it? Well, yeah, let's well, talk about. Let's it. let's let's give one shout out to um one of the cool projects that's happened. Tom, you you wanted to shout this out, and I think all three of us are pro it. Pat, you probably haven't heard this yet because you're behind on music. 
Have not heard it. Pillars of Fuck Ivory. Boy. Pillars of Pillars Ivory. Pillars of Ivory. With um, our boy Jay, Jay Force One. Mm. Um, our boy Aaron Knuckles from Death Threat. Mm. Um, dudes from Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's everybody. But it's a it's a wild project. By the time you're hearing this, you've probably heard this already because it's it's the only thing people are talking about on Twitter. Yep. Um, it's on Spotify. It's um, a couple of songs, but it's like mixed in. Like Jay did a bunch of beats like around it. Um, a lot of samples and shit. It's um, it's really really fun. Good. It's a lot of fun. If you like Mind Force, if you like Death Threat. If you like Burn, if you like Crown of Thorns, mm. if you like drugs, if you like <laughs> mof- like mobster movies, mobster, not monster, um, like mafia movies, like this is really up your alley. Even if you like some of those things and not all of them. I don't do drugs, but I love this record. Um, and they're coming out with the seven inch um, on days on days. Yeah, it's you can get that at their like big cartel. It comes out in like, I think, October or something. Yeah. Pre-order. So uh, pre-order that shit for sure. Yeah. Um, everything Tom said, well said. Uh, it, it's great. So um, go support that. The The crux of today's show, guys, we are hitting the record club. Uh, Axe to Grind Record Club is a thing. If you've been paying attention, you've seen it. You've seen it pop in your feed. But it hasn't been on the main line. It hasn't been on an ATG, A2G numbered episode. Um, the reason for that, we, we kind of weren't sure if it was something we were going to stick with. Uh, but I think we really like it. Am I right about that? Like yeah, it. Yeah, it's fun. I also, I was thinking about it because a lot of times people like us to be regular or be, you know, kind of consistent. We are, we are, uh, linemen of the free jazz union. So we are consistent, uh, fucking hard hats on, but stuff happens as it happens. You know what I mean? We believe in that kind of free flow. So we'll I'm do these. Oh, we got to do our, our, our charts. All right. I'm going to send those out uh, while we're on this. I'm ready recording. for it. Let's do it. But, but uh, we'll keep doing these. Advice for it. Um, listen to the record. You can hit us with an email or wait till you hear the episodes coming in and we'll try to chat it up. We got a few emails on this because we announced it a while ago. Um, Patrick, this was your suggestion. Why don't you roll the intro from here? Sure. Uh, so we're going today to be talking about uh, 1.6 band uh, self-titled record, which I believe is from 1992. 1992. Uh, and this is a uh, blank spot oh. in, in most of our memories. Is that right? This is just a thing that we're aware of, but was never really a listener. Is that the fact for all of us? No. Yes, for me. So, but we, No, I like the... Yeah. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Comfy place. 
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Why don't we Why don't we do the thing we do on this, which is where we kind of give our personal background or experience with this up to this point, which for me, and I guess you, Patrick, is nil. Is that correct? That's correct. I, I, I really... There's a couple Beyond songs, and there's a relationship there we'll get into in a second. There's a couple Beyond songs that I think are really great hardcore songs, uh, but that's that's like the whole of my relationship with 1.6. So uh, I know I know v- virtually nothing. And for me, Beyond, um, they're cool. Not a band I love, but you know, couple tracks, uh, and, and you know, always one of those bands that was like. When I'd listen, I'd be like, oh, it's pretty cool. This is pretty cool. I like what it's going. But when of their family tree, they're on the lower side for me. Um, And so 1.6 Man just never really hit my radar other than kind of being a flyer band, you know? Right, right. Um, I did more homework than we were meant to. (laughs) Cool. Because the last time we talked about this, we were going to talk about the entire broke up record which is mm-hmm. the discography right right which is like that that lp with a bunch of other stuff so i'm i don't know which where the record starts and when it ends because i literally listened to the entire discography because right. i thought that's right. we can talk um, about it because i did i did a bunch of work like that too so yeah i mean i i liked um the last crime which is some of these dudes um that was more contemporary like with like indecision stuff we could, like play shows with them um Really, just kind of got into like the, I only got into one point six because of that discography that was on Gern Blanston. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just I always thought it was like super interesting. Then like then you realize it's the guy from Beyond. It, it was it was you know Kevin Egan was like low key around the entire time. Yeah, like and I don't think he got the credit or the attention that he deserved. Yeah, that's probably true. No, I, I think from the Beyond days, honestly, you know what I mean. Well, so. so- now that we've listened, yes. what do you think? All right. Well, so, yo, let's, real quick, for, for the uninitiated, let's start here if it's cool. Um, 1.6 Band is a uh, – I will ask this. Uh, but 1.6 Band is a band from New York City. Uh, New York slash Long Island. I should say Long Island. I think that yeah. plays in. Um, singer of Beyond, Kevin Egan, started shortly after Beyond kind of dissolved, I guess. Um, other members, as Tom said, went on to do Last Crime, um, a few other things too. Um, Crown Ruin, Dial 16. Yes, yes, different, different kind of time in that. Yep. But Beyond is the main connection. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they, this is my question for you guys, and I do want to get right to that. Your question, Pat, is this a post hardcore band? Yes. Yes. Yes, but I don't think 
necessarily on purpose. No, I, I would be really curious to talk to these dudes about what they were going for. Because when we get to their actual sound, I have what I, I'm curious if it's a left field or if it's going to, if you guys had the exact, have arrived at the exact same place I did. But let, well, let's talk about what it was contemporaneous to. Okay. Uh, what was going on in New York at the time? 1992. Uh, quicksand. Quicksand. <laughs> this came, uh, this LP predates slip by a year that's right which i thought was super important and like when we talk about post-hardcore there's a few milestone points um along the way and there's only one record that i would say kind of clicks a like oh this is perhaps something that you would say broadly kind of influenced this but it's not quicksand these guys were contemporaries peers yep uh at this point you had uh, here's here's what was going on, largely. Um, stuff like Big Black, which I have to imagine may, is not an, uh, an immediate influence, but I think that these dudes were these dudes were probably big admirers of the Touch and Go catalog, if I had to guess. Uh, and then also, what I think is the single biggest influence on this material, Fugazi was huge. That's it's Fugazi without the reggae. So to it, me, it, exactly. This is uh, my my note here was the importance of Fugazi. NYHC Fugazi. Yep. That, that that's what this is to me. So less melodic. Well, yes. To me, to me, they hit melodic at several Both different points, don't. but it's like they're consistently playing with it. Which is to say, there's a couple songs where they lean in. That song Lollipops. They lean yeah. full melodic. It's it's and it's one of my favorite tracks. But then other places, they're they're playing with melodies in this really angular, weird way. That I was like, yo, this is the only. This is kind of the New York spin on DC because I agree, this is Fugazi influenced. There's a couple other reference points I think are really important. But whenever New York City, and especially around this time, whenever New York takes DC sound it ends up being like very interesting, not always good, always interesting. And I think this band at points does both. Sometimes it's just interesting. Sometimes it's interesting and good. I think that this, you'd have to check this for me, but, uh, but I think this predates, uh, at least the explosion, explosion, at least the proliferation of kind of the, uh, post uh revolution summer uh whatever wave of emo that is so we're talking hoover yes, yes it does uh, it certainly does so it, so it predates that and it is i also thought okay did, were these were these hardcore kids that started attending noise shows is that in the dna uh, the drumming is very interesting to me because the the the, the for all the melodic guitar bits that appear at regularly. Yep. Uh, the drumming seems built to, to keep you off kilter. So chaotic. 100%. And like, yo, so, so when I first put on the discography broken up, broke up rather you, which I encourage everybody should go listen to it. If you haven't for the record club, the first couple songs, I was like one, I thought the production on the drums sucks on the first three songs sucks sucks to the point where I was listening to it just on in the car, I'm like, 
yo, this this sounds bad. And and I was sounds like dropping marbles. Right. Then I did headphones listen and was like, wait, this dude's good. It's just the the recording sucks. Because yeah, you start so, picking up because by the LP, so I don't I don't know what the order is on that record. The discography. I believe this, I believe it starts with with actually the most the the last material. Which the I last think is an material EP. as the yeah the um the pimpin ain't easy EP. Uh, right, which which we can get into how this band did not take themselves terribly seriously. No, which which but, got, which puts them into that like go bad trip. Um, frame it, of uh, New York City. One hundred percent, yes. Bad trip was in my notes. Bad, so, bad trip. Uh, by the way, quietly has some good songs. Um, and and the positively yeah. bad EP is actually just straight up good. Um, yo, so here's the notes for me on the drummer. The drummer is good. By the way, this is Kevin's band post Beyond. Who is the drummer of Beyond? Tom. Alan Cage. Yeah. Let me just say, I can't. an all-time beast, all-time beast. Yo, I don't think you can name five drummers who've played a lick of hardcore who you'd say you'd want to fill their shoes less than Alan Cage. Maybe Mackie. Oh yeah. Maybe, and that's that's it. Maybe maybe Jared Alexander. Like Alan Cage is unbelievable, incredible. This dude, whoever's playing drums, and I don't, I didn't dig into it too hard has his own style and when you uh, it, it's worthy of headphones listen i think when it hits the lp which i believe starts at track five um you can really tell a difference in the production quality and go oh okay this is this is better you know yes yeah, so, so, so at that point it's war wharton tears yeah that's right. it, uh, who uh i think did a lot of the sonic youth stuff as well maybe yeah uh, like all that kind of like 90s like early 90s like noisy yeah alt sonic youth unbranca helmet dinosaur jr white zombie quicksand yeah yep. umball yeah and, it's all that shit. and uh at that point you're right so my guess is they somebody they whoever financed the first record spent or the first two efforts spent the money Gern. and then some so charles Maggio. And, and, yeah, charles and then, and Rorschach. that's right there you go and then sometimes your last effort, we see a lot of bands, we see a lot of bands do this. We see a lot of bands, they're breaking up and they know it and they want to get out their last material Yep. and they don't spend the money. That's right. And uh, everybody, you know how I feel. We've gone over this a million times. There's plenty of types of music that you don't got to spend the money. But then there's some that it would really benefit. Oh, that makes sense because the last seven inch came out on War Dance. Which yo, yeah. Just as a note, Gern Blanstern and Wardance, those are New York record labels. Like, if you haven't dug through both those catalogs, obviously, uh, so Wardance was Freddie Alva, and he did a bunch of stuff, including uh, Hell No, Zerest LP, the Rorschach Needle Pack Seven Inch. He actually did the first Rorschach LP, Protestant. Um, mm. Oh, that's not the first LP. That's the second, I think. I think Remains Today is first. But he did a ton of weird stuff. Um, so you know, like that's it's it's cool. Um, but yeah, the 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 production on those songs, which are the first four songs on the discography, is bad enough that it like put me in a space where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this again. Then I did with the headphones. I was like, whoa, these are good songs. It was that yep. big of a difference. 
Yep. You're like, uh, why would you lead off with that? Yes, because the OP other, sounds really good. Yeah, but you know how you know how bands are about their discogs. They always think the last material is the best. It's what they want you to hear. Oh, that and, that was going to be my question for both of you. Was uh, what if you neither of you's done a discography, but if you were no. for one of your bands, would you? Are you going? Uh, you know, chronologically, are you gonna? Do you want to do? Are you going to say selected and make it a best of? Are you going to do reverse chronological? What would be your preference, Tom? If you will start us off, I would probably do it. Hmm. I mean, I think if it's a discography, I'd probably mix it up mm-hmm. and like make it more of like a greatest hits. Okay, than, the best of, yeah. Then you know, like have maybe have all the songs on there, but not have a. Uh, not put it in any kind of like chronological order or something. Cause then it's like, if that, if you want that, then go just go get the records. Yeah. Right. Patrick. Uh, I feel uh, like this uh, is a hell question for you. Cause you're, no, you're strangely no, no. ordered an orderly mind with some things like chronology. So, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to listen to my own record. So, so uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's uh record one record. A is uh, the hits. Record B is pick through it. Maybe you'll find some hits. And because both of my bands have the good fortune of having an audience that would find it funny that we did it like that. Sure. You you know what I mean? There's some audiences that would not necessarily like that approach, but uh, yeah, because why lie? You know, like there's songs that people really like, and then there's songs that people like less. And if you're one of the people that likes the obscure stuff, good for you. But uh, it's, you can, you can front load your shit, make everybody happy. So you're you're going the Shai Halud way. One of the first things I worked on while I worked at Rev, which was the Shai Halud, a comprehensive retrospective, or how we la- learn to stop worrying and release bad and useless recordings, which yeah. is a mess, which includes like, oh, here's this demo 95 we'll start it off with. Then here's our live at NYU Crucial Chaos set. Um, here's some voicemails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's <laughs> here's the warehouse practice. Here's Chad's first demo. Here's some yep. solo rhythm tracks at the back, just so you can hear it. How about yeah, that for, for, the com- for the completionist? Yes, yes. So, um, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan, but I even feel like that was like I don't need this. No, no right. I don't think anyone needs that. That said, back to 1.6 band. Um, this discography CD is or or release or however it came out. Um, it is nice because. They don't have a ton of music, so it was cool to be able to just put it all on one one thing, which is kind of the point of a discography. Um, let's talk about that LP a little more, which starts with these giants and ends with what is a shockingly good song, "Adult Hitler." Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm, I desperately have to pee. I'm gonna be back in one second while you guys talk about it. This asshole. We could just take a piss break. I'm going to take a I have to go P2, so let's just take a piss break. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get right to it then. Let's talk let's talk about this uh LP. Uh first, high level. Did you enjoy it or not enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. Uh surprise at first was um was lukewarm. I think I was pretty warm with it. Giving it a solid like 7.5 out of 10. Wow. Yes, seven point five band. Yeah, uh, I, I that's how I felt. I so my back really hurt 
today. Uh, I carry my tension, just for anybody curious, in my mid-back. Uh, some people carry it in their lower back. Other people carry it in their shoulders. I carry it right in this very inconvenient spot in my mid-back. So if something's on my mind, if there's something not right, uh, my mid-back is experiencing some level of distress. And I decided to lay down on, on the mat uh, that I use for exercise and just chill with my face in the, in the, in the dog's uh, like tummy area. Right. And just uh, have a, have a half hour to myself of listening to this discography. Yep. And, uh, from that space on the, on the ground, I thought this discography mostly ripped. I, th- I thought it was like way better than I anticipated. Definitely way better than the lead off r- r- songs. Cause I agree with you, Bob, the, the recording is alienating to start and is going to push some people away from this discography. But, I, even those songs I think are good. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, once once you give them a chance, like you actually hear the song and you're like, this is good, great uh, forewarning, sometimes a recording can kill a song. And you can still find that good song here, but the recording is doing it no favor. Yeah, but well, but the LP, recording good. Yes. Uh, maybe a touch dry, but that was the style at the time. Uh, I, I think that, uh, this, I, I did not expect Fugazi. Like, were you guys, did you guys go into it expecting like a very noisy sort of like on the extremely obnoxious end of ABC? Cause that's what I was, that's what I was bracing myself for. No, I was, I was bracing myself for boring, slightly more metallic jaw box. Because I was thinking that time oh, frame. Really? Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be more rocking. Because also, I was like, yo, Beyond Dudes were talented, you know? And I was like, 1.6 band, they might have been trying to rock a little more. I didn't expect it to be fully honest, to be as hardcore as it is. Um, and there's a lot of weird shit going on. But like, my biggest takeaway was that it highlights the importance of Fugazi. And like, we might low rate the importance of Fugazi on post hardcore. And specifically New York post hardcore, and specifically this group of bands, um, because I was like, man, I'm here in DC. What DC am I hearing? Am I hearing Red Spring? Am I hearing you know like they cover Dagnasty? This band doesn't sound like Dagnasty. I was like, nope. am I hearing Embrace? No, 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 no. It's Fugazi, and it's more specifically sort of the weirder Gee f- vocal Fugazi yes. songs. No question, yes. you know. Yeah. Um, but it's funny at the time the those songs weren't as prevalent. Like when this record was out, Fugazi hadn't gone full weird yet. Yeah, no, uh, no, it, it's, no. Those uh, are the, those it, are the deep cut tracks. You know, well, th- this is this is this isn't thirteen songs either. This is like repeater. You know what I mean? Like this this is th- there's a lot of comparisons to repeater on on this discography, but I think it is noisier. I still like it's not yeah. it, it, it's. For me, it's not the like, oh, there's going to be elements of unsane in here. There, there weren't, but there was, there was certainly, if we're going to say that, uh, repeater and, and the Ghee Fugazi stuff, if we're going to go music, uh, critic style and say it's got some angular aspects to it, yep. this is that, but it also gets pointy. Yes. Oh, yo, here's the thing it's got metal leads, it's got heavier parts than, than, it's got more metal parts than Fugazi ever does, 
Yes. The song Threads, which I believe is the uh, it's the second song on this LP. Yo, go listen to that. Oh, that, good, that, good could, song. That, song. that could be a 108 song. Yeah, good song. No question could be a 108 song. Um, and I mean, I think the song Keeping Me From Killing You also is 108 to Jace. So the 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 thing I, I did see about this band is the guitar player, who I think his name is Vince, um, actually played in a metal band. Yeah, Vin Novara, maybe? Is that it? Is that his name? Yeah, I believe it's Vin Novara. But whatever it is, the guitar player of 1.6 Band, who I believe wrote all the music, was in a metal band that predated Beyond with Tom Capone. And that Tom Capone came up learning how to play guitar from this dude. And that Vic, Vic Dakara, also kind of came from this same school of dudes. And you all of a sudden go, okay, Beyond, Inside Out quicksand where you just see where beyond goes beyond goes to inside out goes to quicksand goes to 1.6 band of those bands in order of popularity it probably goes uh, quicksand inside out large gap beyond gap 1.6 band um and i actually i i and and you know you you mentioned all the bands who recorded the same spot as this lp was recorded this might be sort of a lost cut, in my opinion, for people who like any of this stuff. It fits in there, even though it's a little weird. I don't think it's it's look, uh Quicksand's one of my favorite bands. It doesn't hit those heights. No, no, nothing. No, no, so. no and a very little does. But if you're looking for stuff that's like, yo, if you want something that is uh progressed kind of post hardcore, but not post hardcore as genrefied, like this band probably was like, yo, we're a hardcore band, but just like the first wave bands, Minor Threat, etc., evolved into Fugazi, we are beyond evolving into 1.6 band. That's the same thing that, you know, like Vic was doing, like, hey, we're going to take that sound we were doing, Gorilla Biscuits to Quicksand, beyond into Inside Out, Inside Out into 108. That progression was, you know, like that's, that's that importance of Fugazi. I, I think... We all talk. We talk about it a lot here. We might understate it. How important that band is to the the trajectory of hardcore punk at large. Yo, hey, Pat. yes, you're our resident Discord guy. As much as you hate to admit that, mm. do you hear anything else from that catalog? Because I feel like listening to this, like I could see, like I hear. Re- that I hear places where Refuse took ideas, but I know like they took a lot from like Nation of Ulysses and like like the VSS or like the makeup and all that sort of stuff. Uh, what what? Uh, let's see what year Nation of Ulysses. I was, was I was thinking Nation of Ulysses as well, Tom, but I didn't do I didn't really give myself the time because I was like you know I, I was struggling. Like I went and listened to the early Jawbox stuff, and I was like, no, this is way too tuneful. Like. And less yeah. less odd and angular. Nation of the Ulysses might be a reference, just sure. because it's got like, the Fugazi. Yep. I mean, Nation of the Ulysses started in '88 and they were broken up by '92. Yep. But like, it has that Fugazi, but it also has this weird kind of shouty thing that's some gee. But I think like it, wherever Dennis refused took it from. That that's Nation of Ulysses. Yes, um, which I thought so, but like it has that vibe yeah, to it. I could see, and that. it's more like angular, like that that Fugazi didn't get 
too angular angular yet i think at that point this is like fucking proto like this is prototype like basement hardcore you want to know what i what i came to is this is primal this is primal ink and dagger Oh, not I, so. Yeah. Okay, the song, it's fu- the song "Cancer in My Backyard" is an Ink and Dagger song, straight up. This is interesting that we're because I was thinking when Tom said "Nation of Ulysses," I was like, okay, maybe if you said like "Nation of Ulysses" played by Born Against, that would be about right. Well, but but moving forward, Ink and Dagger is not the worst comparison at all. If you listen it, it, listen it, to the song "Cancer in My Backyard," it's the third song on this record. You throw Sean McCabe's voice, which isn't a million miles from Kevin Egan on some no. of these tracks. And it's the like, there's the like, dee, 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 like weird, creepy kind of stuff. It's it's an Ink and Dagger song, and there's other tracks here. I think Throwing Rocks maybe could be one of them too. That really reminded me of that. Um, the only other notes musically, like, because thinking of where did this band get from, I said I think the guitar player, whoever it is, probably likes the Bad Brains. A large yeah. swath of the SST catalog, including like Minutemen, some of the Black Flag stuff, but otherwise probably wouldn't cite much hardcore as like influential to them. Because I, I think there's yeah. like this sounds like a, a metal guitar player, you know, who's trying to do more of a punk thing. Because there's there's parts of this that just just rip. Like there's some riffing here that I just think is really solid. And the drummer's like, well, it's pretty funny that you said that, Bob. Like, doing some research, I read, like, The Guardian described the band as surprisingly musical, like the Minutemen in a very, very bad mood. <laughs> so, uh, Bob, I think Vin is the, is the drummer, actually. Okay. I think you're thinking of Mike. Yeah, there we go. Um, Mike, yeah. Um, the, other, the only other thing musically that I would cite was the band No Means No. The wrong LP came out in 89. Oh, and that record okay. I think is so low rated on how important it was to weird timing and off stuff. And I know for a fucking fact that it was sort of big in the hardcore world, even though it's clear it's not a hardcore record. It's a weird record. And no, you know, so that's like that's like a record that self defense fans like, but I don't run into even though we don't sound anything fucking like that but but i don't run into too many dyed in the wool hardcore kids oh. who who like who like no means no at all and i also i know we've talked this to death but very early in the podcast life i i think i don't meet any hardcore kids that give a fuck about fugazi in 2020 yeah no 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 i mean uh, and that's why why highlighting like the importance on now we're highlighting the importance on it on a band that two of the three of us admitted like didn't really know this band at all <laughs> you know yeah. um but i think like yo if you like quicksand and i have a feeling that most people listening to this probably like quicksand a little bit um if you like minor threat and you want to know what they did after 13 songs by fugazi is a very interesting listen um it's a record that might get in your head it might turn you away forever but it is undeniably memorable. Um, and, and, you know, like when I first heard Fugazi, I, I was not into it, but I was also 15 or 16. Um, oh, no. You know? I, I think Tom is the only one of us that was open remotely uh, as a kid. Tom, when did you start seeing them? College age or did you see them when Fugazi? you were a yeah. literal kid? Yeah. Um, first time I was 17. See, you yeah, are awesome. way more. Y- y- your tastes are way broader. See, I, <laughs> I was a at the time. I liked fucking 
Breakdown and fucking Marauder awesome. and Fugazi that's for awesome. some reason. No, that's I, yeah, I don't know. that's <laughs> awesome. I, I mean, I, I think that that lines up with a lot of younger people now. To be honest, I think people are oh, understanding. Yeah. And so, if you just if for some reason like here we are talking about the one point six band LP and we're saying this is a pretty cool record, but if for some reason you haven't heard Fugazi, check out thirteen songs at least, if not right. expanding through. I know I point this out all the time, but generationally our older listeners just heard the words out of your mouth and their brains, their brains broke in half. (laughs) If you haven't heard Fugazi is like an almost insane thing to say, except it's not because a a lot of our younger listeners probably haven't. And as we point out all the time, everybody it's no sin to not know shit. No, you know what I mean? So just, we don't know shit. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about a record to you guys never listened to before. Never. Yeah. No. Yeah. That have been around for thirty years. Yep. So it's like there's no harm in oh, that. Oh, and a band, yeah. a band whose name I've known for a long, long time, and just sure. never really checked out. You know. So and and yo, here it is, and I'm like, yo, there's at least three songs on here that I want to go back and re-listen to and like sit with. Um, yo, if you if you were going to do, oh we don't really do playlists as much as we should yeah. considering that people think we're smart. Yep. Uh, we should do a New York hardcore post hardcore and, uh, put the, put the stuff that doesn't get like, you know, like there's everybody does quicksand, but like, you know, we've been advocates for still suit. We've been advocate. Like there's, there's stuff that's like, I think we could do more than just New York. I think we could do I know, whole, but New, York, New York's I, got a great batch, but I think it's like, Unless we start putting, unless we do it, as, well, you know what? Maybe we could put three or four songs per band. You know what I mean? Um, uh, it's it's just I think that there's stuff from New York like this, yeah, uh, or even like Orange no, you're Island right because if we include Long Island, there's a ton, ton of stuff. Um, I just I, I think that there's stuff that's getting overlooked by a lot of like okay, I don't see one point six like maybe burning up the hardcore charts tomorrow of like young people ripping it off. But I do see like, listen, like when, 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 um, uh, when like higher power, yeah. when we're like, yo, is there, these kids are steeped in it. Is this, is there orange nine going on in here? And we're <laughs> yeah. like, Oh yeah, there's some orange nine in yeah. there. And like, and I think that we might not see the for 1.6, but like there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that it's basically a for fans of with stuff that was, big as big could be at one time and is now kind of forgotten by the younger people or kind of not, not known. Well, well, yeah, it just, it maybe just doesn't get the, um, there's no reason for it. Like to be very, to be almost crass in the way we say it, but this band, like they did a reunion 10 years ago or something. And there was probably a, a group of less than 300 people who, who noticed and were excited. Yep. 10 years ago was a long time for most people. Um, yep. and, and if you're young, it's more than half your life, you know? So, yep. and that's to say, this is a band who is 20, the last thing they actively did as a band came out 26 years ago. So we're not mad at anyone for not knowing as we've noted here. So, uh, it, it, it does, it would be cool. And I think you're right. There is a whole world of this, of, of hardcore post hardcore that people could really vibe on and hell even draw influence from that is a little bit overlooked right now uh, you know are we I making mean, a mix is that what's happening yeah let's do it we'll, we'll make a mix i'll be into uh, that let's make a mix uh, 
uh, question, no disrespect uh, to those dudes. I think one of whom is a listener. Uh, handsome. Mm. Two tracks or one track? At least two. At least two. Two, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. They got, they've got some good songs. and I mean, there's people who swear by Handsome Up and Down. Here's my question. I really like that. That record's good. Right. And here's my question. 1.6 Band isn't even in the same conversation as Handsome, who is what? A solid three levels below Quicksand in conversation? Possibly. Uh, yeah. It, it becomes really muddy after... Like 1.6, uh, uh, check out Handsome. Uh, if anybody's got Spotify open, sorry, everybody, this is really weird, uh, really inside baseball shit. If if uh, anybody has Spotify open, tell me how many monthly listeners Handsome has. Oh, yeah, this is the fun part of the game. Um, I'll pull it up. Here we go. Because I know how many 1.6 has. All right, Handsome, are you ready? Yes. Let's do the guesses. Tom, guess Tom, him. guess first. Um, 2,300. Okay, Patrick? They had a 6131 reissue a couple years ago, I think. Yep. So I'm going to say by virtue of that, um, I'm going to say 1,200. 4,031. Whoa. Uh, who are the top two fans also like? Let's do top three. Um, definitely Quicksand. Yep, that's number yeah. one. Number two is, you've mentioned them. Right. Yep. And number three, this will come as no surprise, but I, you might not get it. Bush. Nope. Into another. Into another. Correct. Oh, All right. How wow. many monthly listeners does Into Another have? They're surprisingly big. G- nah. Give me your number. I'm saying uh, twenty one hundred. I'm saying fifteen thousand. Tom, I'm shocked by this. Twenty three hundred monthly listeners to Into Another. Damn. Who? Who That's to me? Criminal. Yeah. Like yo. All right, maybe we're doing fucking into another after this. Jesus Christ. Um, we might have. How many monthly? There's no world that Indecision should have three times as many listeners as into another. Quicksand. How many monthly listeners? Oh, that's like probably like 45,000. Okay. I'm not close yeah. on any. No, you're pretty good, Tom. You're, you're Patrick. I, I would, I would hope it's in that range. Let's, I'll, I'll bump it up 50. 57,000. Um, let's Damn. see here. Still criminal. Still criminal. How about rival schools? Uh, I'm going to say less. I'm going to say uh, 32. Say 22. Jesus. Patrick's on fire right now. 33. That's higher than I would expect. And here's one that's sort of weird too. Uh, seaweed. Uh, seaweed is awesome. We uh, we could talk about the love, my love of adjacent yep. stuff like this all day. I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say same range, 30, 35. I'll say uh, 19,000. 42,000. How about Fuck. How about Seaweed how has 42,000 monthly listeners. Into Another has two. How about I wow. saw Seaweed open, to into an, open for Into Another at an empty show at Irving Plaza? Yeah, every day, Fuck. all day. It's it's wild. Um and let me give you the the one point six band. One hundred and seventy four. One hundred and seventy three. Um, literally on the dot. Uh, so, and their their favorite. This is this shows how localized. And okay, this is actually leads to my next question. Uh, the fans also like for for one point six band. Clickatat Ikatawi. Yep. Long Island, right? I don't know. I think maybe New York. They're weird. Yeah. Native nod. Yep. Sure. Yep. 
Garden Variety, New Jersey. Long Island. Long, is it Long Island? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, and then tell me if either say yes or no. Have you heard of the Crown Hate Ruin? Yes. Yes. Giants Chair. Oh yeah. Yo, shout out to Giants Chair. That's one we could talk about, though. We, yeah, we, that's uh, uh, yo. Kerosene 454, Giants? Angel Hair, yeah. Still Life. Kerosene yeah. is so good. All right. So we're going to do we'll, – we'll spend a whole episode on this. Um, yo, uh, anything – on this record, my question, which I think Native Nod let in, do any Screamo fans dig, dig this band? Yes. I feel like that's the only people that do. They should, yes. right? Like this is this should be saw, almost canonical. I saw a photo. I saw a photo from the reunion shows. Yeah, <laughs> it's those kids. Okay, okay. Saint <laughs> shows up front, pretty much. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, but, Yo, but Bobby that's that's, that's yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. This is New Brunswick meets Bad Trip. You you know what I mean? Yeah, yo, like, and, like and I mean yo. If you told me that two of three of the five members of Ink and Dagger had one point six band records and knew them well, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know. Um, they also have an EP that came out in 2010. Did not hear it. Was curious. Well, because it's stupid because it's under 1.6 band. If you go to the about for them, monthly listeners, zero. Followers, two. And there's four songs under 1.6 band. Skin Flap and Awful Jerk. The pets still think he's coming back and Burning Coal. Wow. <laughs> Yo, why, does, why does everybody do the the digital distribution on their return records so poorly <laughs> what is the reason i i mean I, I understand the reason your teachers now your fucking parents i get it you know but like somebody's got to take the reins and like just con- have it under the same name yeah, yeah right i'm just saying like contact your friend that does this for a living and just be like hey could you help me i don't care if you take six percent for your time like freddie alva could have figured this out for them right speaking of uh how do you guys feel about the album art for the LP? Uh, very much of a time. Yep. Um, I, I'm actually not mad at it. I think it, it, there's something very evocative about it. But the the, the placement of the uh, title is uh, terrible bad. Um, and if this was in a different era, like the sticker, this would be best done with a sticker on the, on the plastic mm. Uh for, for, because as album art, not bad. With with the title, bad. Yeah, um, I'm going to send you the two records. I think it looks a lot like it looks like the uh, Far Side Scrap LP, and it looks like the Three LP on um, Discord. It does look like the Three LP. Yeah, yeah. Here, hold on. I'll send you Far Side Scrap. Let's see. It looks exactly. It's. It's these two records. Um, oh, come on. Um, what else? Anything else on this record? Because, like, yo, very pleasantly surprised. I, I, I have to admit, I was a little skeptical um, going in and was very happy because I, I gave it the... And then and then when you put it on and it's like, oh, shit, this might not be great. <laughs> and and then I, I turned out, it turned out to be... I, I liked it quite a bit, so... But, yeah. uh, Pat, did you want to talk about any of the funny names? Yeah. So, so before this was the thing, uh, n- names like uh, <laughs> names like pushing shit back into my ass. Oh, yeah. from the um, 
I mean, whenever you name one of your records, Pimpin' Ain't Easy, firstly, you're alienating people like me that need everything to be serious. But then uh, you're also like very clearly flying a flag that, hey, I my idea of punk is to not try to live off this. This is something that I do for fun. It's something I do to fulfill myself uh, and fuck you. And uh, it's only as an adult that I've come to appreciate that. But songs like Adult Hitler, are uh, that's a funny title. Funny title, you know? a fantastic song. And it's odd because I'm like, the song Adult Hitler is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I write it on my notebooks. Yeah. Um, we do have some see. emails. Do we want to get into a couple emails here? I don't want to go crazy here. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, Greg emails us and said, um, A to G, Pat had, has a cool and interesting taste in hardcore. Always makes me revisit and check out older bands I've never heard or got into before, including 1.6 band. This was a cool listen. I should have experienced it full on instead of in the middle of a discography, but I chose the Spotify route. It took me a while to get through the album. I really like the lyrics and vocal delivery. However, groovy and math riffs are a lot for my ADHD, and I would have liked this better maybe 10 years ago. These giants, mm. Throwing Rocks and Adult Hitler, are my favorite tracks. Throw, throwing Rocks, I could have sworn, was in a 90s skate video, but when I looked it up, I realized I heard this track on the Fear of Smell comp. It's a very interesting comp with Infest, Man's Bastard, Rorschach, etc. That's true. Uh, anyways, I find myself liking this album better and better the more I listen. Keep this going. Keep it obscure. Thanks, Greg. P.S. Stay safe. Thank you, Greg. Um, let me see. I'll, I'll read maybe one more here. Because, yo, here's the thing about these ones. People went in. Um, this is a good one. People gave us long emails, which is great, but we're going to try to keep it brief here. Colin uh, or Roswick, as we have here. Hey, guys. Um, it's funny that this became the next album of the month. I just discovered them uh, via No Echoes 90s week. Oh, that's cool. Sweet. Overall, my immediate reaction were to the vocals, rhythm section, and time signatures. The vocals hit me like a high-pitched Eddie Leeway-esque tone and pitch that also hints of Ian MacKay's cadence and sing-scream transitions. Hmm. I could easily hear this guy yelling, you call me up and you tell, talk about money. Oh, yeah, sure. I think the rhythm section might be the low-key MVP of the album as both the bass and drums play yes. very nicely off each other. Yep. And not to mention erratic time signatures and tr transitions that only John Zorn or Candiria would, lo would love. Below, below are a couple nonsensical notes for each track. You know, uh, cheat code, if you send me track-by-track track breakdowns, I will almost always read them. Uh, these these giants, they the talking to screaming parts here is what originally gave me the embrace vibes. This calypso type rhythm here is very unique, and I dig it. I didn't get embrace vibes, but I'm with you. Threads, funky intro verses that screams less Claypool. Cancer in my background. Where did these botchy guitar squeals come from at the 30 second part? Keeping me from killing you. There's a lot of drumming here in the that sounds like the type of stuff you would immediately play around with when you first buy a double bass pedal, i.e. triple gallops, triplet gallops, sorry, plastic bags. It was at this point in the album, if I questioned if I was getting bored if this, or if this track just didn't hit me the same way as the others. Was this more of the same of what I just heard? Squelched. Is this the first track in 4-4 timing? Uh, maybe. Uh, this was a nice change of pace, or the previous song was that bad. Throwing rocks. I thought something was wrong with my speakers when it started, and I liked that. Was he screaming at the end of the song? One eye open. 
gripping, gripping your pillow tight. <laughs> More of the Ian McKay sounding vocals here in the beginning. Guitar harmonics at the 45 second mark were fun and, and cute. Maybe my favorite song on yes. here. Build up to the two minute mark is entertaining. Yes, when I open might be the be- my favorite structural song on this record. But Adult Hitler is really, really good. Another great example of the rhythm section's display of skills. Couldn't find lyrics for this anywhere online, so not really sure what the dude is saying. But at the end, if I came across this in a record store, I'd buy it. Roswick, thank you. So, uh, yo, neat record. Got a lot going on. Any closing thoughts on this one? Well, I, I, just that it is 100% worth a listen. Uh, and I don't, I don't say that in the way that we all thought that even the VOD record was worth a listen, you know? Yeah. I think that there, I think that there's people that will connect with this and not every song is going to be uh, for everyone, but I, I do think that there are listeners of ours who are going to think that this rips. Yes. Yes, I agree. And, and, and there's no song. I mean, the longest song is like maybe three, three minutes. Yep. <clears throat> or, you know, three and a half, like lollipop is three and a half. Um, but they're usually in the, you know, the one and a half to three minute. So it's not like the VOD record that this six minute songs on there. Right. You have to sludge through. This is a pretty fast listen. I think it's like I, I power your way through those first couple of shitty recordings because yeah. after that it's fucking golden. Yeah, and and I would also say uh, give this a headphones listen. It it might yeah. it was better on headphones. Yeah. So. Uh, it, it, let's do our due diligence. Uh, do we want to pick the next thing we listen to? I do. I do want to pick that. Um, let's. I think that so far, um, Tom, you didn't really pick, and I didn't really pick. I think you kind of had you. You threw out VOD, and we we group selected it. We had a friend of the podcast throw out Bold, and Patrick, you gave us one point six band. Tom, do you have anything in mind, or do you want to you want to kind of group select this one? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm down to group select. I feel like the VOD, the, I feel like VOD bold and this to a point I had a hand in sure, a little bit. Sure, sure. So I don't want to like totally fucking. Okay, yeah. let's do this. Um, the only thing that I would say is that VOD is from 98, right? 98 or 99? Uh, bold. Uh, yeah, 98. Bold is 89. This record is 92. I say we go, go we, we either go aughts. Or we go early eighties. Um, okay. This here's if we're trying to service our audience, uh, this is going to be a reach for some of our audience. Uh, not in terms of how it sounds. I think that they're going to enjoy it, but I think it's obscure. And from a time period that is not necessarily on everybody's mind. I think if we go aughts, we, we, get a lot of people into the format. So I think that that's a reason to consider aughts. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that strongly. All right, then let's let's talk aughts. Um, what do we think is a record that is either good or overlooked or had a relevance at the time that is just not felt now? Ooh. And I'd like to go... I, we don't need to go small. I, I kind of don't mind us doing something that's a little more known. Um, that, that would resonate with people because it's, it's nice to pull people in with a few things here. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, All right, I have an idea. Hit us. You guys will hate this, though. No, nah, maybe not. Maybe not. Go on. 
I was talking to a buddy of ours that some of you guys know, Kent. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from Ohio. I won't give out his last name. His government. And we were talking about Comeback Kid. Oh, listen. This would be a very interesting one for me because I have no uh, good feeling at all. I, but but it's unearned because I don't think I've heard – what's the big record? Is that Waking the Dead? Wake, wake the Dead, yeah. So, so I don't think I've heard uh, – I've never heard that in full. So I've been completely unfair to this to this band for 20 years. And I also don't think I've heard a single track in a decade. So I would be very willing to do this because this is so many kids. Dude, it was entrance, entrance into hardcore. Entrance huge. into hardcore. And yeah, and not very big right now. Ugh. No. At least in the States. Still big in Europe. So I mean, we could. Do, I mean, that's just a suggestion, uh, just because you were saying like it doesn't have to be something small no, or no, no. something that's like big oh, and like lost to time. I mean, there's a ton of that. I mean, yeah. we could do anything. Like so, so, so check it out. Let's do it like this. How do you guys feel about this? Bands that were very big, who don't get talked about nearly as much for whatever reason, that would be Comeback Kid. And then the other one, which I'm totally willing to do, the other one is Outbreak, who. I don't hear a single living soul talk about, despite the fact that they were omnipresent during the time that they, they toured. Do either of those appeal to you? I could do either. No, Bob, where are you at? No, but flip a coin and we'll do either. <laughs> yeah, Bob, how about, you know what? It's only fair. No, Bob, let Bob pick. Uh, you know, you know like, what? what you, I'll, I'll pick one next time. Head? No, I'll pick one next time. Um, I'm down to do either of those. I am. I've listened to both, and and I will give both a fair ear and and do it. But uh, yeah, just flip a coin. Do you got? I mean, there you? you got a coin. Either of you guys got a coin. Flip a coin. Uh, let's say uh, outbreak is heads <laughs> and comeback kid is tails. You know what? I haven't been out of the house enough yeah, to no, get change. Yeah, and I'm living in Mackenzie poverty. National coin shortage. So I'm I'm flipping a coin. I said heads. Tails, uh, do you guys want to do best two out of three or just go with what I got? Yeah, go with what you got. Tails, it's Comeback Kid, Wake the Dead. Let's do it. We are going to get a ton of strong opinions on this, so I'm with it. Strong, Not from us, but but our listeners strong are Strong opinions appreciated. Really no, opinions. I think that's a cool thing. Let's, uh, let's get strong opinions. And uh, people don't take it uh, personally if we don't like your music. No, never. Ever. We're not cutting anybody any checks. You shouldn't give a shit what we do. That's true. Uh, but all right. Yo, thank Thanks, you, guys. Everybody. This was good. And, and uh, this has been a fun activity as part of our ongoing uh, series to encourage people to listen to more music. There yes. you go. Thanks, everybody. Pat, it is pouring in New York City. Fuck. All right. So, canceled. canceled. Better get a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> it's good starting. Morning. Yeah, it's, it's going to slow up at 11. And then start from 3 a.m. literally all the way through at least 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Nope. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that weather. Everybody be good. Thanks, everybody.